0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, January 27th, 2013. Nehemiah, Lessons in Godly Leadership, Keeping It Focused.
1: Well, good morning, Connection Church. It's great to see you this morning. My name is Carrie Jones.
0: I'm Alan Jones.
1: And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today and all days and for bringing us here. It's not by accident that any one of us are in this place right now. I would ask, Lord, that you would free us from any distractions right now, that we might be able to clear our minds and just really focus on your word found in Scripture, found in the book of Nehemiah. Thank you for your love and for your grace, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody gathered, said, Amen. Amen.
0: So, um, Nehemiah is in Jerusalem, and as we looked at the last two weeks, he, he has surveyed the situation, prayed for God's help and guidance with the situation, and he's, uh, last week, set up teams of workers all over the place, rebuilding the walls and the gates that had been destroyed 150 years previous. But, but as we shared last week... Even before the work began, he had some naysayers who were who were disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. Uh, we read in uh, chapter two of Samuelot. Uh, and Tobiah, officials in neighboring provinces who did not want Jerusalem to once again become a strong, well-protected city. Uh, leaders who likely feared that the prosperity of their territory would be compromised if any advantage were to shift back to Jerusalem.
1: So as we continue to look at the book of Nehemiah found in the Old Testament at the beginning of the Bible... We continue to see later in chapter 2, just after Nehemiah shares the vision of rebuilding the walls and the gates of Jerusalem and that the people around him have been in agreement. They agreed to go ahead and start rebuilding. We again see these two officials joined by a third challenger. Here's what Nehemiah says about them. But when Sambalot the Horonite Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, that's our, our new official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it. They mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king?
0: Mm. And so these leaders of the surrounding territories are trying to strike fear in the, in the Jewish people by asking and in Nehemiah if they are rebelling, you know, and they're just trying to plant a seed of doubt, a seed of, of possible discord into God's people. Lesson one in godly leadership for this morning. Lesson one, beware. The enemy hates it when we do God's work. Focus on God's work, not the enemy.
1: Nehemiah takes care of the challenges we see in verse 20. I answered them, Nehemiah says, by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it.
0: And so uh, Nehemiah reiterates to the people that they will start rebuilding. And he tells these outsiders Basically, that it's none of their business what's going on here. They have no share, no claim, no stake, no say in what is going on in Jerusalem. They have no historic right to what is going on here. Basically, what he's saying is this is family business, and you ain't part of the family, so let it go. He does a great job here of staying focused and keeping his people focused. Now, in the next chapter, chapter 3, we covered that last week, is where we look at all the different gates and walls and how he's assigned different crews to, to be working on rebuilding those. So we've already covered chapter 3, and so we're going to move on to chapter, chapter four.
1: 4. Nehemiah. Nehemiah tells us in chapter 4 that Sambalot really got heated up. He got pretty upset when he heard that the wall was truly going to be rebuilt. Here's what he shares. Now, Sambalot ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria. Okay, so you need to picture this. It's not just a one-on-one. There's a bunch of people. Army of Samaria, associates. So here's what Sambalot says. What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. Can you just hear that tone of voice that's probably coming through?
0: Yeah. Mm. So here's what's going on. See, the Jews were not bringing in all new material. Nor did they knock down the rest of the wall, the the bits that remained from when it was destroyed. They're using what they could from the previous wall. And so then the opposition, the enemy, is trying to use this against them, trying to mock them, to ridicule their effort, trying to insult them into an embarrassed retreat from their efforts, but to no avail. Instead, what they do by trying to embarrass them is to push Nehemiah into even stronger prayer. Hear us, our God, for we are despised, Nehemiah prays. Turn their insults back on their heads. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. Here's lesson two. I learned this one a long time ago, and this is a good reiteration. It's tough to drain the swamp when you're up to your waist in alligators.
1: I'm glad you put it that way, Alan.
0: Absolutely. We're in church. Here. (laughs) Stay focused. Stay focused on the task at hand and not the alligators.
1: Yeah. So in spite of all the ill wishes of those who opposed Nehemiah, of Sambalot and the others, Nehemiah goes on to share with us in verse 6 that they continued to build the wall until the wall had reached about the height of a waist, about half the height, about half the height, thanks to the people who worked with all their heart. That's what scripture says, they worked with all their heart. Isn't that how we should work? With all of our heart? Boy, don't we know what it feels like to work half-hearted? We need to work with all of our heart. We shared last week that rebuilding this wall was more than just rebuilding a wall. It was about rebuilding a people. Rebuilding, you know, who they are and, and their identity. And so they were giving this project their all, everything they had, and they're seeing some results. And even then, the enemies, they made fun of them, they ridiculed them, and the quality of their work, and what they were doing, and how they were going about it, and trying to distract them like crazy, but in fact, that gave them even more of a resolve, As Alan said, the enemies were terrified that this wall would really represent power of a people. And so we continue in Nehemiah 4.
0: But when the Sambalot, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. Here's what Nehemiah says, though. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet the... We prayed and we posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Yeah.
1: So in week one of our godly leadership lessons in Nehemiah we learned that Nehemiah was a praying man. Everything that he did, he prayed. And so did his team when they were faced with things they prayed. And they didn't pray as a last resort. They prayed as a first resort. Yes, absolutely. But in addition to prayer, there's one more step, and that is action. That's something that we need to keep in mind. God calls us to pray but also to act in response to that prayer. You know, so often I find myself praying, and then I'm like twiddling my thumbs, you know, waiting. We do need to spend time with the Lord, but the Lord oftentimes gives us some kind of next step. Lesson number three, when your boat goes down, pray to God, but swim to shore. You know, we've heard of, oh, I'm sinking, I'm sinking, I'm sinking. Help me, help me. We'll swim. <laughs> Absolutely. And God will go before you.
0: Mm. And so the distractions increased. The laborers were getting tired, and there was so much rubble from the destroyed wall. You know, there was so much junk, it was making it difficult to get in to do the rebuilding. But Nehemiah did not allow the distractions to get in the way of their work. He stationed some of the workers behind the lowest points of the wall, armed with swords, spears, and bows, because they'd been threatened. They were protecting. He told the people not to be afraid that the Lord is great and awesome, and that they would fight for their families, for their sons and daughters, their wives and their homes. And when the enemy heard that Nehemiah's workers were aware of their plot, of their threat, and that God had frustrated that threat, the workers returned to their work on the wall, according to Scripture.
1: And so from that day on, half the men worked on the wall, and the other half were equipped with weapons and armor. The officers posted themselves behind those working on the wall. And even the workers carried materials in one hand and a weapon in the other. Now that takes some talent. Each wearing a sword at their side as they worked. Nehemiah, he had a trumpeter by his side. So that the trumpeter could issue a warning in case that needed to happen. We see this uh, as we get to verse 19. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people... The work is extensive and spread out. And we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us here. What does the next line say? Our God will fight for us. Do you hear that? Do you know that our God will fight for you? Our God will fight for us. Do you ever
0: notice how somebody tells you you can't do something? It gives you even more resolve to get it done. When something's getting in the way, that makes you dig even deeper and try even harder to get it done. I think that these guys, their threats, all they did was work against them. It did just the opposite of what they had planned. Nehemiah goes on to tell us that they continue to work with half the men. I mean, half the workforce is now home. That means the other half has to work twice as hard, right, to get the job done. But they did get it done. Half of them holding spears from the first light of day to the stars at night. Every worker and his helper stayed inside Jerusalem at night, serving as guards by night and workers by day. They must have been exhausted, and yet they continued. Scripture tells us none of them even bothered to take their clothes off, and they always care, always, always, always carried their weapon, even when they went for water.
1: You know, when I was in high school, I I had pretty good grades, but I had pretty bad SATs. Not a good test taker. And I had a word spoken over me that said I couldn't go to college. I wouldn't be able to cut it. Well, that put, like, this fire in me that said, who do you think you are? And so I did go to college and graduate as a nurse and then went on to get a master's degree later. But, you know, sometimes when somebody speaks a word over you, what does it do to us? We can't let that word defeat us. We can't let that happen. And that's where these people were at the time. They did not let the enemy defeat them. So when the wall was completed... But before the door, the doors at the gates had been set, Sanballat and Geshem sent Nehemiah a message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. Nehemiah says, I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop? While I leave it and go down to you, four times they sent me the same message, and each time I gave them the same answer.
0: Mm. You guys are working overtime at trying to be a distraction, aren't they? But Nehemiah doesn't allow it. In fact, a fifth time, Samalot sent an aide with the same message written in his own hand accusing Nehemiah of plotting a revolt, of trying to become king himself. And and he shared that this info would get back to the king of Persia. He's threatening. He wanted to get together with Nehemiah to discuss all this, but Nehemiah replies that Sanballat is just making all of this up. And then he shares with us, the readers, that they're just trying to weaken the hands of Nehemiah and the workers in order to, uh, in order to uh, keep them from completing their task. And so once again, Nehemiah prays, asking God to strengthen his hands. And God gives him the strength he needs. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elu in fifty. Two days even with the distract- even with half the workers having to uh, now be protectors while the other half are working like double time, that wall was completed in 52 days less than two months. When all our enemies heard about this all the surrounding nations were afraid and they lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done, say it with me, with, with the, the help, help of, of our God. And so that's lesson number four for this morning. With God, all things are possible. Say it with me. With God, with God
1: all, all things, things are, are possible. possible. That's one of the bedrock beliefs of Connection Community Church. We wouldn't be here today. Y'all wouldn't be sitting here if we didn't believe that. With God, all things are possible. You know, it helps when we stay focused. There's a example, a really good example of this in chapter 14 of Matthew. Matthew's in the second half of the Bible, and it talks all about the life uh, and ministry of Jesus. And so, picture this. Jesus had just gotten done feeding Thousands, a crowd of thousands having multiplied five loaves and fishes. And so he told his disciples to go on ahead, get in the boat and go on ahead. And he was just going to spend some time and pray. Well, very early the next morning or very late at night, depending on how you look at it, it was dark. Jesus catches up with the disciples. They were in the boat, in the lake and Jesus walks on the water to meet them now the disciples they were terrified the first thing they thought of is it was a ghost Jesus lets them know that it's him and here's what happens next well peter was in the boat and he said lord if it's you tell me to come to you on the water come Jesus said then peter got out of the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, what did he say? Lord, save me. That's, that's really a good thing for us to cry out too, isn't it? Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt?
0: It's a fairly familiar story. Some of you know this story, right? Yeah, the Jesus walking on the water, but... I you mean, ever really just thought about that? Just think if you were in the boat that night. Wouldn't that have been wild? I mean, it was, I think they said it was the third watch. I think it was about 3 a.m. 3 a.m., you're kind of blurry-eyed. You're looking out, and all of a sudden, you see this figure in white walking across the water. They said that terrified him. They thought it was a ghost, and he gets closer and realize. It's Jesus. Well, okay, you know, he's done some other wild things, walking on water. And then, of course, Peter, he's a wild man. He says, well, if it's you, why don't you invite me out? Well, come on. And he jumps out of the boat. Can you picture that? And he jumps out and doesn't sink. That must have been absolutely just mind-boggling. He didn't sink as long as he kept his eyes on Christ. Then he started thinking about the wind and the waves and his situation. In other words, he took his focus off of Jesus and on to what else was going. He let the distractions get to him, didn't he? And as soon as he did, he started to sink, just like you and me. Same thing happens when we take our focus off of Jesus. We begin to. To sink. See, godly leadership involves, just like with Nehemiah, just like with Peter, just like you and me, godly leadership involves keeping focused on what God would have us focus on, keeping focused on Christ and not allowing the distractions, especially the distractions of the enemy, to keep us, our focus away from where it should be.
1: you hear that? That's a distraction. You
0: can't let that distract you. Can't Keep let going, that Terry. distract us. Stay focused.
1: Yeah. There's a scripture in John that we'd like to share with you. John ten ten. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. You see, the thief wants to steal, steal and kill and destroy our joy, our very lives, oftentimes through distractions. Now, distractions, there aren't distractions like they are. It could be good things that distract us. We've got to be just so in tune with what God wants us to to focus on and and view. Because all kinds of things, I, I don't know about you, but the distractions sometimes are what's going on in my head. And that just kind of takes me off, takes me off focus. And then I start to sink. The enemy wants to do that in our lives, and so for us to be really tuned in to what those distractions are and and what they mean for us is so so important. We need to take a lesson from Nehemiah and and pray as a first resort, and then take action. On that prayer. It really worked for Nehemiah. For Peter. He kept his eyes focused on Christ. And as long as he did that. He was walking on water. As soon as he lost focus. Down he went. Thank heavens that the Lord saved him. And the Lord will do that with each one of us. Will save us. Because that's what business Jesus is in. To save you and me. oftentimes from ourselves. Prayer and action worked for Nehemiah to help him avoid the distractions. And so we would suggest that it could work for each one of us as well. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, you are the God of grace and mercy and forgive us for Losing focus for allowing the distractions to kind of invade our minds and maybe our hearts and knock us off course. Help us learn from Nehemiah these godly leadership lessons. And um, we thank you ahead of time for going before us and calling us and saving us. We pray this. In your most holy and precious name, and everybody gathered said, Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting
1: people with Jesus and the life that he offers.